is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host, Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. I don't know what happened. You cut out. Yeah, that first take lasted long. I have no idea what happened. It just looked down. I couldn't hear you, and then I looked down and it said disconnected. So I, I'm not sure what happened. So. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Entertainment Beyond podcast. I'm Jensen Jackson, joined by Alan Weinstein. And uh, Alan, why don't you tell people what we're going to talk uh, we are going to talk about season one of the show Power. Now I know that we're way behind. I know Power itself. I think. Oh actually- no, you're you're behind. I'm caught up, and I've already moved on to the first no, spinoff in a right, series no, of spinoffs. I, no, I mean, I mean, this show's a little behind. <laughs> I mean, we we are both behind in the times of yeah, yeah. Well, in the show, I mean, just in general, I think season one ended several years ago, so. The podcast is a little behind, but we've given people ample time to watch it, and so anything that we talk about, and there will be spoilers, shouldn't be too uh, shouldn't be too disheartened by it. It's been plenty of time for you to watch. Oh yeah, sorry uh, to the listeners. Spoiler alert is in effect for this podcast. So I'll let you go ahead and take the reins. Well, I guess. no, actually, you've watched it more recently. I watched it like a couple months ago, and I watched it all in succession and uh so i'm a little hazy you've seen it more recently so you'd have a clearer picture i did i just watched this uh, the end of the final episode of season one like i don't know a couple days ago so um and that's all that i've watched so far so um i have nothing else to to cloud my judgment or to affect my ability to other than the fact that i was stoned watching it my ability to, to recollect what's happened um I guess we could just dive right in. I mean, I, you know, it's probably fair to assume that the listeners have some idea of what it is. But if not, it is a uh, show that takes place in New York uh, about some <clears throat> drug dealers. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I need to, I probably should do the fact that we do a podcast on, on, on movies and stuff and shows, I should probably have a little bit more knowledge of the stuff before going in to talk about it, but I don't even know, I know who plays uh, Tommy, but I don't know who plays uh, Omari Hardwick Omari Hardwick I actually just tweeted that that's my selection to play Green Lantern Oh, interesting John yeah, uh, John, John Stewart Yeah Interesting Um so, uh, they're, you know, they're, uh, Tommy's played by Sakura. which is, what's his first name? I'm trying to think of what his first name is. Uh, Nicholas or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Jamie has got the funkiest, the funkiest style in like all of New York. <laughs> AKA Ghost is played like, by Omari Hardwick. And, uh, yeah, they're street-level, you know, drug dealers that have, have evolved into kind of bigger players. It's a pretty straightforward drug dealer show. I mean, you know, it's, it reminds me of... And don't, me of a don't let us not forget 
Sorry to cut you off, but let us not forget that this is a world brought to you by the visionary master who brought the world of vitamin water, Mr. Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Yes, it is. It's a Curtis. Yes, it's a Curtis 50 Cent Jackson production, and he plays a character Kanan who will. We'll talk about as we get into the se- to the episodes of season one more and some of the twists and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, he's definitely that man, you know, has his hands in a lot of different things. He's managed to make his uh, celebrity work for him. He's not, you know, I've never been the biggest 50 cent um, fan as far as I don't think he's the greatest rapper. I don't think he's by far, you know, what I would call a great actor. But, man, I give him all the respect in the world for having his hands and everything. I mean, that man turns money over money. I mean, hand over fist. It just keeps coming and coming. And he's got his name on everything. His hands on everything. So, can't fault him for that. And, you know, so, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a show that, um, again, it's a pretty straightforward, uh, you know, kind of drug dealer, street gritty show about, about drug dealing and, and kind of that life. Um, Omari Hardwick plays uh, Jamie St. Patrick, who's uh, a.k.a. Ghost, who I guess, you know, him and uh, uh, Tommy, the white guy, so... uh, Tommy Egan. Tommy Egan, yeah. DJ (laughs) Tommy Toms. They're they're, uh, they're best friends and apparently, you know... Well, not only are they best friends, they... uh, um... They grew up together. Uh, Tommy's right, mother right. adopted Jamie, which I don't know. If I was a grown man and my name was James, I would not be letting people call me Jamie. I just wouldn't. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I'm not, yeah Jamie is a little... It, 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 for, for, for his For a tough drug dealer. For his character, it, it, it doesn't really fit. That, that It's one of the, 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 the things that I think is a... A bit of a miss in the show. But I, don't, I don't think that name fits it. And nor do I really like Ghost, honestly. I mean, I, I understand and maybe there's more around it as the seasons evolve again. Remember, we're all, I'm only in season one. And, and I guess I get why they call him a ghost because nobody really knows who he is, whatever, whatever. But And it's a nickname, but I just, I don't know. I, he doesn't strike me as really either. Like, I think there, there were better... He's fine in the role. I like him in the role. He's a good actor. I like Omari Hardwick. I think he's fine in the role. I just don't like the names that they've given him, his character names. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, episode one starts out. You see that he's, you know, trying to do, he owns a club um, called Truth. Um, and he's using it basically to launder money. But he's getting kind of uh, sucked into the underworld. And he likes being kind of the face of the club. And and the big shot, well, Tommy's still much more, uh, you know, he, he clearly, in, in episode one, you see him um, starting, you get the idea, they introduce him with the idea that he's already at a point where he kind of wants more out of life um, and, and maybe to, to, to eventually step away from this to, to become a legitimate club owner, own multiple clubs, and, and just do that, maybe step away from the drugs. And immediately then you get the juxtaposition when you see Tommy's character, which is, you know, um, much more street oriented, much more gritty, much more rough around the edges, 
you know, you, got, you, you get Jamie St. Patrick in a suit. I think the first time you see him, I'm trying to remember the first time you see him in episode one, but I think you see him in a suit in the beginning. Yeah, he's in uh, a suit because he's opening the club. You know, that's, that's, the, right. that's the most that's absurd right. thing about that whole opening scene is that because throughout the series, um, James St. Patrick is complaining about wanting to get a life like you are, you're, you're opening club and you execute a man in the the docking bays of your club like this there's just a lot about the shows where characters are saying one thing and then they're doing the complete opposite with their actions like yeah if you really went out of life you you didn't have to kill that guy sure and i think that that's you know this is kind of that um you know so like i was like i was saying um that one was my fault i'm sorry um so, yeah, you know, you, you get to see the juxtaposition of the two of them immediately. Tommy's still stuck in, in that street mode, just wanting to be the biggest drug dealer in the world. And, and he wants to get out. But then you also see um, at the end of the, I think it's, you know, halfway through or maybe at the end of the first episode, maybe it's the, the, the cliffhanger of the first episode, the, the scene that you were just talking about where, you know, they take the guy out into the, I think it's into the alleyway or maybe it's the basement of the club or whatever, and they kill him, you know, and it's like, okay, so... You see that even though, you know, they're trying, Ghost wants to be different, he still is, you know, kind of who he is. Um, and, and he can't really get away from that. But at the same time, you know, all of these shows, uh, to be fair, I, I'm not a big drug dealer from New York City. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how realistic or unrealistic the portrayal is a lot of the stuff that goes on seems pretty outrageous but that doesn't mean that it couldn't happen i mean clearly there are you know people that sell drugs in big cities that become very rich and very successful and are very brutal so i don't put any of it past any of that stuff and some of the stuff that i've seen you know that are based on true stories whatever you know all kinds of different drug shows and stuff you know, that stuff does happen. And so, you know, I, I, it doesn't, but at the same time, some of the stuff on the show does seem a little outlandish. So, um, but, you know, you, you get to see these two. He's married to, Ghost is married to this beautiful woman, Tasha, who uh, is regularly driven around by 50 Cent's son, who is now, you know, kind of, been taken under Ghost's wing by 50 Cent's order because I guess 50 Cent was their their leader or whatever. It was their, their mentor. Right, before he went to prison. And so he kind of left them in charge, I guess. Um, and so, uh, you know, his son is now working for Ghost while he's in jail. Ghost is supposed to be taking care of 50 Cent's son. And I think from the first episode, you see that he's already looking at Ghost's woman in the, in the rear view mirror as he's driving her. She does some weird thing, I think, where she, I don't know, touches her lips. She might even take her panties off or some weird shit. I don't remember fucking with them. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, you just kind of get to know these two um, as the first couple episodes evolve. You get to see them in the club. Um, you know, it, like I was saying before, it's a pretty straightforward, you know, kind of gritty drug dealer show. There's, there's a fair amount of violence. There's a fair amount of sex. Um, I think there's mean, too much sex, and it's there is too you much know, sex. Too much dedicated time. I don't care. People are fucking on screen. I don't, you know, Lord knows I watch a lot of porn, but 
it's an excess uh, excess in that show where sometimes it doesn't even fit. Like it seems like when they allocate money for each show, show they had to set aside some discretionary funds for filming a fuck scene because there's. I feel like every episode has someone going straight to the bone zone. No, I would agree with that, and it seems like the bulk of that is a, a, a you know U.S. Uh, attorney, U.S. District Attorney Angela. Valdez and Jamie St. Patrick, who you'll find out he's cheating on his wife with. She's a he rekindles a romance with an old love. Who you know, I I think Tasha's hotter myself, but Angie's hot too. I mean, they're both pretty attractive women. You know, on TV, very rarely do you get ugly women, and especially in a show like that, you're not going to have ugly women. So they're both beautiful. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of sex, and then Tommy meets Tolly. Um, you know, the chick at the club and, and falls for her and she's got her issues. Uh, she steals those earrings from Tasha, remember? Uh, yeah. And then Tasha calls her on it and they have their little whatever, whatever. And Tommy lies for her and says he bought them. Um, kind of covers her and then they end up, you know, him and Tommy, her and Tommy end up together at least so far. I mean, in season one. Well, okay, so let me rephrase that. Then I, well, we'll get there, I guess. There's some twists and turns along the way, but uh, I guess the first major you know the acting's good the show is straightforward the production is is good i i don't think it's great but it's not bad it's entertaining um i you know i watch empire i watched empire um it, it's not a straight comparison but i think there's a lot of things that are are, are comparable and i personally thought that the acting and the production in Empire were better, but they probably had a bigger budget. Um, I don't know. You know, I know. You, th- you think that they had a bigger budget on a primetime TV channel than they do on the Stars Network? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just. Thinking I, I think. Stars- I, I mean, this, this is the thing. I don't know where Empire is based, but I can in, in the in the sh- in the universe of the show. But I can almost guarantee you that they weren't shooting on location. Like you can tell an Empire or not. Sorry, not an Empire, but in Power. They are straight up shooting on location in New in New York. There's sure. almost no way to fake uh, New York, especially the the authentic skylines and shit like that. I'd say Stars probably gave uh, Mr. Curtis Jackson, who's always telling people on Instagram to get the strap. I think they gave him a little bit of money to do a little bit of something. Yeah, and maybe they did. I don't know. I just it seems like, and maybe that's intentional. Maybe it's because one is kind of a darker story about actual drug dealers in the streets and the other one is about the music business and kind of the glitz and glamour of shows and that kind of stuff uh, that that the production is different uh, you know maybe the, the maybe the the money spent is similar it just feels like the production was a little bit better on empire again it's not a straight comparison um but you know i, I like it I, I think it's a good show um, you get, you know, they have some decent twists and turns. You'll see in the first season, you learn that um, 50 Cent really doesn't want Ghost around. He, he, he sets him up to be killed. Um, and, and well, yeah, that's because Ghost had sent 50 Cent, whose name, you know, Kanan Stark, no relation to Tony, uh, he had set him up to go to jail. So, uh, understandably, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a drug dealer from New York either, so I don't know the streets, but I can understand the street code of 
you know, no snitching and you do that and, it's, you know, it's competition, you know, you got to take them out. I suppose there's no, there's no such thing as friendship or loyalty in, in the street game. So I guess maybe, maybe that's, is that, because I don't remember that being something that I heard, like Ghost Talks. Maybe that being, gets revealed. Maybe I spoiled that for season two. But, uh, that's okay. I just, I was going to say, I know that Kanan talks to him on the phone, or Ghost and Kanan talk on the phone. They still act like they're, they're buddies. Then they get off the phone, and Kanan says, I need Ghost dead before I get out of jail. And then he has, you know, he hires that, the, the Mexican chick to shoot him in the club. Um, and he ends up killing Holly. But I didn't, I, I, I don't think that I knew prior to you saying that that Ghost had actually snitched on him. Now, to be fair, or set him up to go to jail, whatever the case may be. Now, to be fair, I smoke a really lot of, I smoke a lot of weed. And I smoke a lot of weed when I watch the show. And so it's possible that my attention span wanes for a minute and I could have missed the little line or the half a segment where they actually made that clear. So it's possible that it, it wasn't season one and I didn't no. But it does seem it's like it fine. I, I don't. It's been a while since I've seen the show, and I don't remember when Kanan gets out of jail. If it's the end of season one or start of season it's the end two. Of season one. It's basically the okay. last, second to last scene of episode eight of the final episode of season one. Then I just fucked it up and revealed. I don't think it's like halfway through season two that they reveal that uh-huh. Ghost and Tasha set him set him up to take the fall to go jail so I could steal his empire. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I didn't know that yet. But which is fine. I mean, again, you know, spoilers or whatever. So um but then that makes a little more sense. Because at this point I was like, well why is he turning on them? You know, he doesn't have a reason to really fuck them over, but clearly he does. He kills uh Tommy's girl in the meantime. At least I assume she's dead. She gets um, no. she gets shot in the club watch, and collapses. Watch and season two. And then he takes off Oh, so she must survive, huh? Yeah, she's. You could say that. <laughs> uh, I think she's trouble. Uh, the scene right before she got shot, where she's like, "Oh, me and you are partners now, ghosts," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't like this bitch." <laughs> yeah, she was a nosy bitch. You know, it's just like, uh, you got to know your lane, lady. Like, you don't know what you're doing here, right? You know, I don't know. I the, the biggest issue that I have, I think, with the show to date, well, there's a couple issues I have with the show. The biggest issue with the show is is that I don't find Ghost overly believable. I, I think Amari Hardwick does a fine job. I just don't necessarily think they've written the character well. I, I, I believe Tommy much more. I believe Ruiz much more. I believe Rola who, you know, Ghost has to go kill, I think, in episode six or seven, his good friend. That scene where they're at the table where he ends up shooting him. I thought that, that Rolo was very, you know, struck me as being very real. I just, there's something about Ghost that just feels too put on. Like, it, I don't know. Just doesn't feel relatable to that person, per se. But, you know, again, I think Amari Hardwick does a fine job. I think he's a good actor, and I think he does fine with what he's been given. I just don't really like the way they've written that character. Um, and, I, you know, I I get tired. And, and I guess, you know, I mean, when I think about it, I, you know, if I was going to be a drug dealer, I would probably want to be more 
like ghost where my goal would be to make some money and get out and try to be as you know you know clean cut and keep everybody from knowing what i'm doing as possible and at the same time watching the show and i'm thinking to myself you know which one of these guys do i like better or whatever i just there's something about the guy in the suit that sells drugs that thinks he's maybe better than everybody else that I just don't care for. I just don't like, I like Tommy's style better. I just, I like the, that if you're going to be a drug dealer, I just find it more relatable and more authentic to be kind of more, you know, I don't know, street like that and more, I don't know. I mean, if you're a club owner, I can see Jamie St. Patrick, you know, in a suit and whatever, which I guess he is, and that's ultimately what he wants to be. So I guess they kind of cover it up that way a little bit, you know, but I don't know. I just think he doesn't come off all that believable all the time. So yeah, you get that first. So that you know, the main I think the main um the main things I didn't see coming in season one. Obviously I didn't see that he was going to well, come with well, Hold on, before you talk about what you didn't see coming, can we talk about for a minute how confusing the title of um, U.S. Attorney is? And they're, like how they uh, especially um, Angie Valdez going about operations as if she was a fucking police officer. Like that whole scenario, maybe it's I'm thinking the wrong season, but the whole scenario with trying to get Ruiz caught up through Nomar and the fact that he's straight up child molesting and the U.S. district attorney is willing to let this pedophile fuck a child to catch a criminal is in itself criminally disgusting. No, I totally agree. I definitely agree. And, and yeah, that's absolutely season one. Nomar is a real, uh, that's a great character, real piece of work. Um, you know, I mean, he's a great written character. You're supposed to hate him, and you do. Total slime ball. Guy that plays him does a good job. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, it's again. You know, I'm not a, a U.S. district attorney. I'm not, you know, a law enforcement a member of law enforcement. So I don't really know exactly what they do. But she definitely seems. Well, several things. One, she seems to be doing the job of a policeman more than a lawyer or more than a district attorney. And two, yeah, the fact that they were willing to overlook Nomar to try to catch, I guess, Ghost. I mean, I, I guess that's that's going to be the ultimate wrinkle here. I mean, is that she's going to find out at some point that Jamie is Ghost. Now, Oh, um, she does find out, and you'll flip your lid at the reaction because you won't expect it. Obviously, Tommy now knows that Angela is a U.S. district attorney because he's in the house in his suit after just stabbing Nomar in the doorway when Angie shows up and says, this is Angie Valdez, you had your medic, whatever. And Tommy's sitting right around the corner with his gun like he was going to shoot her. I was like, oh, shit, he's going to shoot Angie right now. But obviously he doesn't. Um, But yeah, so now he knows that Angie is, and I'm assuming this hasn't happened either, but I'm assuming that Tommy's going to tell ghost that Andy's a, a United States district attorney and that she was working with uh, Nomar as a snitch um, and that he needs to break it off of Angie. Again, all that hasn't happened yet. That that was all in the final uh, season finale or you know, season finale of season one. So um, he finds out that he kills Nomar. 
finds out that she's a, a U.S. district attorney, then it flashes to the Mexican chick in the club with the gun that shoots at Ghost and ends up hitting Holly, and then Ghost takes off, and that's basically the end of the episode. Uh, well, that's not well. The end of the episode is technically when uh, Sean uh, Kanan walks out of jail and climbs in the car with Sean and says, you didn't tell anybody I got out, right? Not anybody. I don't want anybody knowing. He said, nope, I sure didn't, Dad. And then they drive off, and that's the end of the episode. So, you know, clearly, you, you didn't, no one's going to know that he's, no one's supposed to know that he's out and back. So that was, a, the, I guess, the cliffhanger of, of season one. Well, along with Tommy finding out that Angie's a district attorney and, uh, and that Holly got shot in the club. Because all three of those remain unresolved, basically, and happened in the last five or ten minutes of the season finale of, episode, of season one. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much, you know, reach district attorneys, U.S. district attorneys have. But, yeah. And, and, Pretty sure they don't have that much. Like, they seem to be operating uh, with their own agency at a level that's above their pay grade. Like, that's, I, I, I'm aware that attorneys and whatnot work with people and shit. But when it comes to snitching and, and having informants, I've, you know, through the knowledge of TV shows, have always been led to believe that that is the business of detectives or undercover cops. You know, uh, UCs have a couple of snitches and, and informants and shit, but attorneys are just there to prosecute. So it's confusing, you know, how they're talking about arresting. Like, it just it seems very, very confusing with this world's view, the, 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 the power universe's worldview on how lawyers operate well yeah i don't like I, under, I understand that lawyers have guns because they're lawyers are gonna have someone eventually but that's not a gun given or, or obtained with the intent of uh what i what i look at as straight up almost borderline vigilante justice yeah i mean i don't yeah again you know uh, they, they seem to be the show would make a little more sense from the procedural side with Valdez and Nomar and, 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 and the, the, I, I guess the, the, the ultimate case they're trying to build against ghosts um, and, you know, uh, discover Ruiz's distributor. If there was a cop that worked with them, you know, on a regular basis that did the procedural stuff and she was just kind of more over his shoulder, like asking questions. If it was the cop CI, if it was, you know, that kind of thing, it was the cop kind of, that was working with her that she, you know, decided to work with that was already on the case. I think it would have made it a little bit more uh, believable than her just kind of doing it all, it seems like, on her own. Um, not on her own, but just, you know, running it as, as a lawyer. Um, but the procedural part of that show I don't think is extremely accurate anyhow. I mean, I don't, I, you know, you don't, I don't watch that show for any of the police procedure part. I mean, none of what's going on with Angie, I think on the cop side of it, or the the law side of it, seems very, very procedural as far or accurate as far as procedure goes. Anyhow, and it seems to be partly intentional, I imagine, just because I, I don't think that that's where they're focusing. It's not a police show; it's a show about drug dealers. She happens to be an attorney who's, you know. That just is going to be a long-term storyline that she's going to find out who he is, and that they have, oh, you know, what she happens to be looking for him already. 
Um, but it's definitely not strong on procedure, and I don't think it's overly accurate either. So, uh, yeah, well, there's I mean, a I, lot about the show that's not accurate, even boiling down to the Spanish and their uh, translation. There's a lot of things that they translate that because I work with Spanish people. And I hear these words, so I ask. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, they said of this on power, so I got to know. No, I just ask. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about on power then? Like, their, their use of the word on power, primeras, uh, according to the people I work with, that means first. Right. So I don't know what the fuck they're talking about when they're saying that they need primeras, like they need first. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I assume they were talking about they needed drug runners or something or more drugs. I didn't. No, they're like, oh, we need to be first. I don't, I don't get it. There's a lot, a lot of things that are inaccurate. And I guess when you're looking at entertainment, you can't always look for realism. Sometimes you just got to get lost in the, the stupidness of it all. Well, yeah, and I think that, you know, <clears throat> I think that it's done. I think, you know, TV is, TVs, movies, they are entertainment. And even though a lot of times, they're supposed to be a reflection on reality and what's going on. And the reality is, is that all of them, I believe, are all, you know, um, uh, sensationalized and, and over-dramatized and exaggerated and for effect. I mean, that's the whole purpose of doing that, you know. Um, and so, you know, they do that stuff on purpose for dramatic effect to make it more sensational. So a lot of times there is stuff that, that, that wouldn't happen in real life. I mean, because it's not, it's, you know, they want it to be more extreme. They want it to be somewhat relatable so that you say, oh yeah, at least I can relate to that. But at the same time to where it's enough, it can't be boring. I mean, if, if, if all these guys did, was simply sell drugs on the corner and, and open this club, it would be boring. I mean, if, if if they didn't kill the guy at the end of the first episode, if they didn't, uh, you know, if, if she wasn't getting, uh, if you couldn't see that she was already, you know, his wife um, having looks through the rearview mirror with his driver, you know, those little things are what make it interesting because that's, it adds juice to the story. Otherwise, they're boring people, you know. And so, obviously, all that stuff is is sensationalized, you know. Um, and that's the nature of, of TV, you know. Even when they do, you know, I'm convinced that even when it's stuff that's based on a true story, I still think they embellish. I mean, either the person that's telling the story in the beginning, because God knows I've been known to embellish a couple of my stories, heaven forbid, um, you know, and if someone was paying me to, to write a movie or a book about something I'd been in, I'd probably embellish it even more. So, you know, it could be coming from the source, but it could be coming from the writers and production too. You know, I don't, but, you know, even true stories like that become embellished when they're produced, you know, for television or movies. So I think that's some of it. And you're right. You know, it's that suspension, willing suspension of disbelief. You know, you just have to kind of say, okay, it is what it is, you know, uh, which, you know, we don't seem to have a problem doing with superhero movies or movies like that because we already know that... Yeah, you know it's steeped in, in fantasy right. and stuff like that. Like, to, exactly. to, to draw a bit of a comparison, Dexter, for the first couple seasons, is more fucking believable than half the shit that, that they seem to these characters 
skate away with and power. Like some of the shit in the show, I legitimately, I was enjoying it. So how I stumbled on the powers, I was in Walmart shopping one day and I was looking for some DVDs to buy, you know, and they had season one through three. I didn't know they had power on uh, Hulu because then I could have avoided wasting $14 and just watch on Hulu. But yeah, I got the season one through three uh, set and uh, I was enjoying the first season. I had been aware of it, you know, friends on Facebook had talked about it, but I'm like, uh, I'll do it at my own pace. I got more important shit to worry about than some nigga named Ghost. Like, that's not, uh, at the end of my day, that's not what I'm concerned about, this this fake drama. And it's a series, I've never met a show that gave me more contention for not being liked in this show, where as the, the series went on, I legitimately dragged my feet on purpose watching this. Like, I'm a completionist, so even if I don't like a show or a movie... I have to see it through. At least I can say that. Like, try to give it a second chance. And uh, But no, this show does so many things that just fly in the face of conventionalism. And, and that's comparing it to Dexter, where a guy is a cop who is a side hustle as a serial killer. And that's more believable. It's just, for me, I'm, I'm a weird asshole like that. Like, minute details. Like, you can't even get your Spanish right. And this comes from a motherfucker who doesn't know Spanish and seems to have a better understanding of these words. And, and I get that Spanish is a language where uh, one word can mean multiple things, but it seems like most of the time when they're talking, because there are some words they're saying, that I'm like, that's not, no, that's not right. That's inaccurate. And I don't know if it was the translation on the um, subtitles or whatnot, but just small things like that. And, and you know, sorry to kind of rant, but Tasha is just as much of an evil bastard as Jamie is because neither one of them know that the other's cheating on them, right? But at the same time that Jamie is banging U.S. Uh, DA Angie Valdez, Tasha is planting the seeds to fuck Sean. Right. So, and in that in that saying, I feel no kind of sympathy for Tasha. I know you're supposed to uh, feel sure. sympathy because she's being cheated on, but you're cheating on your husband too. Because I'm pretty sure that that was. The whole looks in the mirror and her touching herself. She was masturbating in the back of that car. Right. And I'm pretty sure she had no prior knowledge of her husband doing what he was doing. So she's not a victim. She is just as much of a monster as as Jamie is. And there are multiple times throughout, I believe, season one. I'm sorry to cut you off, keep cutting you off. But there are multiple times where both Tommy and fucking Tasha do not want him to get out of this life. I mean, Tommy almost seems like a borderline abusive spouse where he, there are times where he's like, I swear to God, if you mention that club one more time, and it's like, yeah. holy fuck, man, like what, what, what's going to happen? And Tasha is just as ruthless where she's someone who does not, it, it seems to me like Tasha does not want to see her husband do any better than the life that he has done for them. No, I mean, and I think that that's true. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I think that, and I think it's done deliberately that way. I mean, I think that a couple things, you know, just kind of backtrack to your point. I, you know, Dexter is a phenomenally written show. I think Dexter is a great show. I don't think Power is a great show. I think, I think they're on two totally different levels. I mean, you can compare them. Well, the way you did, and I think that's a fine comparison. I'm just saying, as far as what they are, 
I think they're on two totally different levels. I think Dexter is is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, and, and Power is not a very good show when you really boil down to what it is. Um, so, I mean, I don't... Um, so that being said, you know, I... Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This is the type of show, and, and Dexter to a certain extent is that way as well. It's one of those shows where they attempt to try to make you relate to and have sympathy or compassion for people that really don't deserve it. I mean, none of the people in power are good people. None of them. <laughs> I mean, well, the children. The children I guess the children are, children are innocent. I mean, they're, they're innocent. <laughs> Angie is a good yeah. person. She just gets wrapped up, I guess, emotion. Like, uh, I, you know, like, like Destiny you know, Child said, it's just emotion taking me over yeah, I guess, and at the same time, she knows. I mean, that that he's married, and she doesn't. You know, it doesn't stop her. I mean, she's she's based. I mean, now is Tasha innocent? Of course not. You know, and and the scene that you're talking about, I think that's in episode one where she she basically masturbates in a car. But by this, she by didn't the basically. End, she definitely was masturbating <laughs> in a car. But by the end of season one, she still has not done anything with Sean but yet. that that's still like what like what the fuck like we can we can you know uh I'm not saying you or I but I'm just saying people in general we can be married and just you know like fucking take our panties off or take <laughs> our dicks out and masturbate in front of someone who's not our our spouse and it's okay like that is a very unokay action to do that's something with intent like who normal people that are happy in a marriage don't do that that's not a healthy happy marriage type situation unless you have an open scenario going but it seems very obvious that they do not have an open scenario going so tasha i'm gonna say she still is in the l column under loss because that's just like an un- unstable like that's something someone did that to me i'm like you do you want to talk about your marriage because you are married like something's going on obviously sure. you're fingering yourself you know i'm just trying to give Looking you a ride up. home Looking right. at someone driving you away, it's not your man. That's uh, yeah, no, sure, of course. No, I mean, and I get it. And, and you know, they again, they want you to, you know, they're trying to create sympathy, you know, sympathetic characters, but they're all bad people. I mean, they're you know, other than like you said, the kids, which are basically innocent, none of the adult characters in the show are good, not a one of them. I mean, they're all slimy and sleazy, and, and I'm sure that that's the point, you know. I also think that that uh. You know, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to present, you know, Jamie St. Patrick as this kind of dual personality person, not not like schizophrenic, but like where he's, you know, he is who he is. You know, he's this this street drug dealer who kills people in his club, but he's also the guy that just wants to run clubs and be legit and be with Angie and get away, you know, and Tasha obviously doesn't want to lose her meal ticket, nor does Tommy. And I guess what I don't quite understand. And although by the end of season one, you know, uh, ghost has basically said to Tommy, you know, you take the reins on this. You, you, you be the leader of the, the distribution and I'll clean the money. But prior to that, even though they're partners, there's kind of this, Ghost is the, the head, and, and Tommy's kind of his, his boy, you know, like his right-hand man. Um, and so, you know, Tommy doesn't want to lose his meal ticket to a certain extent. And I think that even though Tommy's – Tommy um, 
and he's a psycho and he has his own street cred, I, I still think he needs, I get the impression that he feels like he still needs ghosts to be legitimate to a certain extent. Like, even though he's from New York and from the hood and from the same streets, he's not the black guy. He's not the, you know what I mean? Like, he still needs ghosts, street credibility, and he still needs ghosts, aggressiveness, and and all that to, to stay in power. Like, I get the feeling like he feels like he can't do it on his own. Like, if it's just him, he, he can't survive. He really needs ghosts. Now, that's his boy and his best friend, so obviously he wants him to. But I feel like he thinks like he needs him. You know, like that's his that's his street cred. That's his muscle. That's his, not his muscle, like the guy that works for him, but that's, you know, um, the guy that backs his play and, and gives him, you know, has allowed him to be kind of who he is. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's interesting. And the character Tommy is, especially in that regard, interesting because He's basically saying, you're the, the lead now. You're the new ghost. And Tommy appears to not want that. Like, it seems like an uh, issue of complacency where he doesn't want to move up the ladder, so to speak, and would rather remain where he's at. Like, you know, um, fuck, I can't think of the saying, but, you know, someone who doesn't like change a lot. You know, everything works, works out good, and why, why fuck with the, how things are going? No, I think that's true. And that's, you know, I think both, I think you're supposed to get the impression that both Tasha and Tommy feel like Ghost is slipping away from them, (laughs) pulling away from them (laughs) between between the club and then Tasha finding out that he actually is cheating on her and Tommy, you know, Ghost basically saying to Tommy, you take the lead on the street stuff and the distribution because now they're going to get double from Ruiz. They've agreed to take all of Ruiz's product, um, which means there's going to be so much more, and I'm just going to take care of washing the money through the clubs, that it's, you know, that they both see that he's he's moving away from them, and they're both, you know, obviously Tasha's kind of that, because that's her real ticket for sure. And, you know, to a certain extent, it's Tommy's too, you know. And, you know, I don't mind being a bad boy alone, but it's always funner to be a bad boy with a partner in crime. Like, you, you know, you want to do that stuff with someone else. Like, like, where's, 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 where's my roll dog? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's do this together. And, and you don't want to just be the only one out there, like all by yourself. Like, hey, I'm just talking. You know what I mean? You want, you want your boy there? Like, this is my best friend. This is my dude. These are. We'll work together where, you know, there's two of us. And they even say at the end, and so I guess it is what it is, you know, two people, one voice or whatever. And and I get, you know, and I get that. But I also feel like that was kind of, even though Ghost is saying it, it was lip service because really he's pulling away from Tommy. I mean, he's trying to say, here, you take the reins of this now and eventually I'm going to go away, even though, you know, I'm saying that we're we're still together. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Miami and eventually leaving. At least that's how I felt like at the end of season one. So I guess we'll have to see what happens in season two. But uh, you've got, so, uh, you've got five more seasons. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I guess there's, is there's five seasons in, in power or is there six seasons? You okay. watch one season. So yeah, right. Okay. Now. So there's six seasons of power and then it goes to, what, Ghost Book 2 or Ghost Book 1? Yeah, which is actually, 
really good. It's actually really, really good. So it's and what is that? Just I mean, it, uh, can't tell you anything okay. about that because it'll ruin the fucking entire series. Okay, well then I won't. Uh, I won't ask you to tell me anything about it. it. As I can tell you, it's about characters in the power universe. Okay, and you'll have to finish the series and. Yeah. But you like it better than the original Power series. I like it, yes. It's okay. uh, there's just uh, I don't know. I just it's for the it's listeners better. out there. As someone that's watched or watching both, can you watch the second one without seeing Power? Can you watch Ghost Book one and two without seeing Power, or Ghost Book two without watching Power first? No, you got to watch Power. You got to okay. watch you like it. And at the end of season six, uh, there's only, it takes place, so Power Book 2 or whatever ghost takes uh, place minutes after the series finale, finale of Power. Okay. So you really have to, okay. you know, I would you avoid, don't, I, would, I wouldn't look anything up about it, Alan. I would avoid it, okay. you know. And and just move to the series, and then just know that it'll get better. You just have to trek through a <laughs> bunch of shit. Yeah, uh, I will say though that, geez, like I, I watch a show, and it's like, man, like I think I posted something on my Facebook about Tommy, just like psycho killer, man. Like he's always killing people. There will be interesting instances in this show because I've watched other TV shows and other media where they train you, they trick you out, where a character kills someone in an alarming fashion. You're thinking, like, no, 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 this is all just a, a fantasy. They didn't do that. And you're waiting for the, 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 the snap back to reality, and it doesn't happen. This show does that so many times. And I don't usually fall for something more than once, but this show tricked me so many times into thinking that someone had fantasized about murdering someone when in reality of the TV show, they had fully committed the murder. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's an interesting show. I'm going to plug, I'm going to keep watching it. I thought season one was okay. I thought the way that it edited left me wanting to watch season two as much as it could. Um, you know, there's several unanswered questions. I thought, even though it's it's not, you know, what I would call a, a great show, um, I think they did a decent job with some of the underlying little twists in the plot. I didn't see, you know, the first time that, that you hear the 50 Cent is, uh, you know, kind of betraying Tommy and, and Ghost. I didn't expect that. And then, you know, when he gets out of prison early, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect uh, uh, Tommy to find out that Angela was a district attorney. I didn't expect to... Honestly, I didn't expect Nomar to be killed. I thought that he was going to be a holdover to season two somehow. I wasn't sure exactly what was Live to rape another day. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there were some, you know, and, and Holly getting shot. I thought they did some good things where they did some things that I wasn't expecting, where there was enough going on that it's not boring, um, but that it's not also the main people. You know, I, here's, here's the issue that I always have with shows like this that I come to when they're over. When a show has eight seasons and it's about a protagonist who is always kind of in a life or death situation from episode one, uh, you know, from the pilot on, 
you already know because there's eight or nine seasons that he's never going to die until maybe the eighth or ninth season, until the final season at most, because the show continues on. So you don't know what's going to happen, but you know that he's never going to really be in, in too much peril. I mean, it's almost like, uh, you know, having a spoiler to a certain extent. And so, you know, I know that because I know that both Tommy and Ghost are in season six of Power, that neither of them is going to die over the next five seasons. So it, it takes some of the air out of the scenes where they're in those crucial life or death situations where they could get in trouble or they could be killed, because I know that's not going to happen now. I don't know what could happen. Someone could get shot and survive. Someone could get stabbed and survive. Someone could go to jail or whatever. So all that stuff remains to be seen, and that's the stuff that keeps me interested. But it is a little... Coming to shows after they're done, knowing how long they go, and kind of knowing just because of the nature of what they are, um, you know, uh, because they were popular or whatever, knowing kind of the arc of them sometimes can can diminish a little bit of the excitement along the way. I guess that's the risk you run when you decide to let the whole series stack up before you get to it. Absolutely. I just an unintentionally. I just I I don't really you know. I the listeners know. Everybody knows at this point my stance on paying for fucking content versus just taking it. You know because capitalism is a bastard. So fuck them. I'm not going to pay for something. And and don't try to complain to me about how it's hurting you. Suck a fucking dick. It's not hurting you. Right. You're making millions of dollars. Suck a fucking dick. <laughs> but uh. I just, I, yeah, I, I didn't watch it because I didn't have stars. You know, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't on my radar. I also wasn't going to go out of my way to BitTorrent or, or, you know, try to obtain it through illegal means, uh, air quotes. Yeah, I, I just didn't care, you know, sure. and it just so happened to be sitting on the shelf. You know, the only one of that set sitting on a shelf of, of DVDs. And it was the only thing that I was like, okay, you know, this is a sign that, you know, it's now or never. Let's just, you know, see what's going on here. Right. And, uh, care, yeah, honestly, <laughs> I mean, huh? I still don't care, honestly, you know, I mean, I still like, I watch it, but it's not, you know, when I turn my TV on and don't have something to watch or think to myself, what am I going to watch? I'm not running to power is my first option of things to watch. You know, it's not like, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch the next episode. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, okay, I guess I'll check out some power now. <laughs> which just, you know, tells you all you need to know how I feel about the show ultimately, which is, you know, it's okay. I enjoy it, but it's not one of those that I – there are shows I come across where I watch, you know, from beginning to end nonstop to watch anything else because they're that good. And I get that sucked in, you know, but this is not one of those. But at the same time, you know, I it's good if you – if you like gritty drug dealer shows, you know, um, this is right up your alley. You know, if you're a listener and you haven't seen it, uh, it, it, it's right up your alley. If that's, if that's what you're looking for, it's, it's urban, it's gritty. You know, there's a lot of violence. Um, there's a lot of sex, um, you know, beautiful people and, uh, you know, yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and I'm looking forward to checking out season two. You know, even though, again, it's not like at the top of my list or, you know, I'm not on the edge of my seat. I, I you know, I, I'm kind of, I do have some interest in checking out to see what happens after, you know, because of the few things that ended in season, in season one. So. 
And when are you going to crack open that can of whoop-ass on season two? That's a really good question. I think they're going to be shutting our power off tomorrow for a public service power shutoff because of extreme fire weather for as long as maybe 48 hours. So I'll probably be without... Holy fucking shit. I might be without a TV for as long as like 48 hours. Yeah, it's brutal. It's fucking nonsense. What's the weather like over there in California? Well, right now it's not warm, but it's extremely dry. I was just talking to my wife earlier today about at this moment in time, I cannot remember the last time that it rained rain here. Like it's drizzled a couple times since January, but it has not rained. I don't think since... January, like rain, rain, like where you're like, damn, okay, it's raining. Like, and as a result, the ground is dry. I mean, the state here is last 15 years. California has been in a drought. Yeah, it's been getting worse and worse. Every year it's worse and worse. I mean, we got 25% less rain this year than we did last year, which was already 25% less than the year before and so on. So, and then that mixed with, you know, we get these stupid wind events, you know, you get these they're expecting 65 mile an hour winds in the hills here um, tomorrow night, Sunday night. And, and that's the combination of the dry ground and the high wind means that if a fire ignites, the wind just moves it. It has extreme fire behavior and it spreads rapidly. It can send embers up to, you know, a mile or two, which can start spot fires in other places. And, yeah, it just gets brutal. So, and this is, of course, October is the worst month for fire season here because the ground dries out all summer. You know, it spends, especially because it hasn't rained a lot. But even when it does rain, it's normal amount. It stops raining in May. So, you know, June, July, August, September, it gets really hot and everything dries out. And then October, it gets super windy. And before you know it, you have a major fire. So, PGE in 2017. Um, <clears throat> there was a major fire here called the Tubbs Fire, and it, it, it took out um, a huge neighborhood in Santa Rosa as well as the Mobile Home Park. Uh, and it was determined that PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, who provide our power and most of the power to California, uh, were that it was their equipment that was ultimately responsible for it. And they got sued, and they ended up, it was like, a, I don't know, I want to say $11 billion settlement or something. They ended up having to file a Chapter 11 bankruptcy and reorganization of their company. Um, and ever since that happened, so 18, 19, now 20, they've been doing these things called PSP events, which are when there's a red flag warning. I take it that's not a PlayStation Portable event? No. When there's a red flag warning issued by the National Weather Service for our area, PG&E shuts off the power because they don't want the active power lines where there could be a fire, or they don't want their equipment to ignite a fire and be responsible again, so they shut our fucking power off until the red flag warning is gone and the wind event ends, and then they turn it back on. It's fucking bullshit. So we're here in the dark waiting to die from fire. Jeez, that is, oh, my oof, my goof. That is, no, I I guess you guys definitely need some rain. We went through our fun little, uh, very big air quotes when I say fun little event of, I, dude, I I came outside one night, wind was blowing fiercely sideways to the left, sky was orange, and it just seemed like the fucking gates of hell had opened up like the apocalypse was here. Was that the Clackamas fire? 
yeah, and then the next day things were kind of fine, but then you just noticed over the span of like pretty much that day that everything just smoke filled the air, and yeah. it was then it was just a different kind of like you know you see TV shows and they like uh, I th- if you ever seen Supernatural, there's one season where they had depicted what you know the sky would look like when the apocalypse, when the gates of hell did open, and you know demons were running around everywhere, even though you never ironically saw any, which is a sticking point for another episode but they 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 cast the light as just this pale ass you know almost yellowish brown kind of hue to everything and that's what it looked like you know because my crazy ass I, I gotta keep going to work i gotta keep making money for my kids when uh child support is is fun and i uh so i'm on the bus going to work and it's just like it was like some weird Snapchat filter had been put all, uh, you know, laid over the world, at least in my, my section of the world. Yeah, it was just this fucking wasteland looking like skyline. It was like, you know, too, yeah. it was fucking, it was, it, it sucked. It yeah, honestly we had sucked. orange sky and red sky for a couple of days and then we had heavy, heavy brown smoke sky for. Yeah, it looked like yeah, fucking in, in California, it looked like fucking, uh, Blade Runner 20, whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah, no, it definitely did. It was very weird. So, and then, you know, to compound it with the, with the virus, it's just like, fuck, what else did you, you know? It's well, you, there was the virus and there were mur- murder hornets and then there were the fires. You got to go in that right, specific. Right. Well, I'm just saying we still know. have the virus. I mean, you know. And we still, still have the murder hornets, too. That's true. I guess that's true. So, yeah, so, I mean, everything's fun at the moment here. I'm just ready to be out of, I'm ready for it to, and of course now the weather meteorologists here on TV say they're not, I mean, they're looking out as far as like November 10th and they still don't see any rain. So, uh, you know, for California or for Northern California. So uh, who knows? We could be in the fire season for the next three weeks or four weeks. If it stays windy and dry, it's going to continue to be like this. So I just hope it, I hope we get some rain soon and then I can't wait to get up to Washington in January. I'm, I'm ready to be done and out of here. I'm not doing another fire season here. I'm just not. That's uh, very understandable. What's what's the weather forecast like for you guys next week? So it's uh, well today. It was nice and cool. Actually, it was only sixty-seven. I think at high. Which oh god, I wish I could be dealing with sixty-seven. We're like dealing with forty forty something degree weather. Oh yeah, it's just the colds. Just like you know, Portland. It's the colds just hit us yeah. right in the fucking dick. Absolutely. Yeah, no, someone was telling my daughter um, that uh, they heard that this was going to be, that this was predicted to be a really bad winter for Portland. Or that, you know, Fuck so, me. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know where she got it from, but that's what our daughter told us. So who knows? I don't know. At this point in time, I'll take it. I, I'm, I'm ready for some rain and some snow and anything but fucking fire and power shutoffs. That's understandable. Well, that's unfortunate that uh, you're not, you know, you're not going to have any cell phone. I don't have, uh, well, your power will be shut off. I'm going to try. There's no natural way to segue that. Yeah, no, I'll I'll have my cell phone, thankfully. I mean, the towers, so they're only shutting off like a portion of Sonoma County. So most of Santa Rosa, the the town that I actually live in here, the whole central and west side is going to be on. And so the towers and stuff will be on and statewide, you know, so I'll also have cell phone access, which will be all right. I'll have to figure out where to charge it. Probably go down and sit in my car to charge it when it dies. But, 
Um, you got to invest in a rechargeable battery. Yeah, no, I do. I mean, I actually have two portable chargers that are charged 100% right now um, that I can use, you know. And actually, we have three between me and my wife. So, uh, and I got some other portable things that I can charge off of. I have this big, like, huge camp light that's like a big flood lamp that's uh, portable that's uh, got a USB charger in it. And so you can charge your phones off of it, too. And it will illuminate the whole block if I turn <laughs> when I turn it on. So, um, so I mean, I, you know, we're ready for the power outage as much as you can be, but yeah, I'm just ready to be done with it. It's like every day there's something else going on in this area. You know, it's either the virus, it's either a fighter, it's either, you know, the power being shut off because of a fighter, or it's, it's, yeah, it's just it's nonsense. That's so. no, understandable, but we are coming up on the uh, close to an hour, we are? and according to, yeah, to you, you want to keep it under an hour. So let's just fire off. You got any news? I got a couple of quick news bits. I do not. End the episode with that. I do not. All right. Well, the first bit of news I have is that uh, there are some rumors online that Ben Affleck has signed a deal with HBO Max to do more movies, the vagueness of that, but do more movies and a couple of different Batman projects to finish out the Batman arc that he never got to do because of the whole kerfuffle around surrounding the uh, DCEU. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't... Uh, I assume that these will be happening at the same time that the Robert Pattinson Batman stuff is happening. No, the Robert Pattinson Batman stuff has been established as it's taking place in its own you know, universe. DC has the multiverse. Right, no, no, so no. They're able to tell. I mean, in real life, in real time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. The The Batman movie has been pushed back to 2022. Oh, has it? And I know that the Justice League Snyder Cut is coming out next year. Okay. So I, I don't know. And with the virus, like, do you really, do, do we even really give a shit? I mean, we're going to talk about it because this is a way to keep yourself from going crazy and nuts and try to, to gain back some normalcy out of life. But there's still a fucking virus. It's hitting a second wave. There's probably going to be a third wave. Because they fucking bungled, you know, getting, not trying to get too political, but trying to come to some kind of agreement or an accord on getting a a vaccine out there. They've completely fucked it up so bad. Uh, I'm not expecting, you know, movie movie people are, are making, still making these movies and saying 2021 and whatever, whatever fuck you is how I feel about it. Because if you ask me, we're not done with this till like the middle of next year. Where anybody who thinks that we're going to just walk away from this in a couple fucking months is goddamn nuts and out of their fucking minds. If they haven't been paying attention to what the fuck is going on, people can't even wear their fucking masks right. And when I say right, I mean put it over your fucking nose. I, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I'm a little worked up as, uh, as um, Dennis Reynolds would say. I'm getting a little hot, but... I really want to go back to the movies and I can't. That's the only thing I want to do is go to the movies and I can't because we can't all collectively get our shit together. So to round this all, to bring it back to your question, uh, I'm not sure entirely when these movies will come out in a perfect world. They probably would space them out, you know, so there's no confusion because Warner brothers thinks that everybody's stupid and they can't tell the difference between two completely different looking Batman. But um, I would, I would, if I had to give you a guess as a 
industry outsider, I would say no, they, they, they won't come out at the same time. But who knows? Anything is possible in the age of COVID. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, again, I don't, I like, you know, I, I'm probably one of the few people, I don't know how you feel about him in general. I, I tend to like Ben Affleck. I think he's a decent actor. I liked him in, in all the stuff that he's done, you know, to date for the most part. I mean, not everything he's done. But the bulk of the stuff that he's done, I've enjoyed. I think he's a decent actor. I think he does decent films. And I thought he did a decent Batman. I, you know, I'm still pissed at HBO Max because I can't get it on my Roku setup. But, you know, um, barring that, I, you know, I'm all for watching him do more Batman stuff on whatever medium it is. I do think it's a little, you know, if indeed somehow it does work out that somehow these guys get released, even with, the, you know, a couple months of each other or whatever. I, I, I find it interesting and, and unappealing to me just as a fan to have two different actors playing the same character roughly at the same time in two different types of situations. Um, See, and consumers of, of, of movies like that, like you, are the fucking reason why we can't have it. Because, Alan, uh, that happens all the time in comic books. I look at it this way. You're getting two different comic books have, have different uh, artists and teams working at the same time all the time. And that's how I look at it. You, it's one team doing their own run and another team doing their own run. And, and to be honest, I really dug Ben Affleck's Batman. And, you know, you don't do a lot of behind the scenes keeping up, but I do. And there's a lot of shady shit going on over there at Warner Brothers. They had to restructure their entire situation because the people that were running it before were a bunch of fucking dipshits who almost fuck well they did fuck everything up uh justice league is the most expensive financially movie mistake ever committed in hollywood like that is a legit record that it holds is the most expensive fucking failure and it's completely on them they they shot the goddamn thing and then Zack snyder's daughter committed suicide like i don't know how that's not widely known why he stepped away from the movie, his daughter killed himself and he had to leave the production and they used that opportunity to fucking undermine him and have Joss, I'm a fucking asshole Whedon, come in and and ruin the goddamn movie. They ruined the movie themselves. And the only reason they pushed it because th- there was only about a couple weeks between Batman v Superman finished rapping before they started shooting production on Justice League with the intent that if they got that movie shot and in production before the end of the year, the higher-ups at Warner Brothers could receive their nice little back-end, you know, kickback. It was all done out of greed. It wasn't done for fans. It wasn't done for lovers of movies. It was done for some people who were fucking pieces of shit and assholes uh, and just to, to, to gain. It was done for greed. And the guy who was running at the time ended up getting ousted for for um, misconduct with a female and, and basically tit for tat saying, you know, if you do something for me sexually, I can promote you. So it was a fucking piece of shit to begin with. Like this whole scenario involving the DC Extended Universe and the fact that they seem to be so un, unorganized is because they had a bunch of assholes behind the scenes fucking shit up. If, if, if they had let things go, there would, there would be no advent of the Snyder Cup because we already would have gotten it and we would have been like, either it was good or it was bad. But they, they made something that no one even knows if it was bad. They, they made it a shitty situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, that's 
I probably, I'm sure that's all true. And I, I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's a fucked up situation. And I, I don't, you know, I don't, I know you don't, you clearly don't seem to like Joss Whedon. I don't really have a problem with her, with him, I guess. He is a misogynistic piece of shit. And if you don't believe me, there's an article, his ex-wife or an op-ed that she wrote about him. And there's, there's plenty of evidence to back it up that he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. He made Avengers. That's, that's a struggle for me. He made a couple of good different, you know, there's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly, but you know, at the end of the day, especially when it comes to misogyny, I'm not going to, I don't want to be any part of that or be a fan or be on team misogynist. That's not for me. I definitely hear you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I'm torn on the whole different run parts. Like I, I, I appreciate the different artists do different things and I, I can appreciate, you know, I love Frank Miller's Batman and I know it's different than, than other artists' Batmans. Um, and I know, you know, and I, and I get that and I understand that, that artists, you know, especially ones that like doing comic books, you know, have their, they want to do certain things. And, but it's always been a bone of contention for me, both in comic books and in movies that I can never seem to clearly follow what's going on like i go into the comic book store and there's six different batman stories going on at the same fucking time and i don't yeah that is annoying. i don't know which one i want to read or which one to read or which one's better or where to start or you know and it's like okay i get it i i understand it but it's it can be frustrating it's like there's never just one linear story you know and i and i get it but and so you know but at the same time i mean that being said, I'm a fan of superhero movies. I'm a fan of Batman. You know, if I have the ability to watch Ben Affleck stuff on HBO Max at some point, I will that, as I will watch the Robert Pattinson movie when it comes out. Absolutely, you know, and and actually, all my my um, my news is steeped in the DC DC extended universe. That's unofficially called. And uh, the next bit of news is that Jared Leto is going to return for the reshoots of Zack Snyder's Justice League to once again play the Joker. And that's also, that dovetails into, uh, sorry to to compound this news, but uh, Jared Leto and Ben Affleck break a record for the number of on-screen portrayals of both Batman and and um, the Joker, where I think uh, I think Ben Affleck has played Batman a number, a total of what, uh, four times, I believe, and Jared Leto has played the Joker a total of three times on screen. Interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't. Um, I you know I like Jared Leto. I think he's a good actor. Um, I, I think he's enjoyable. I you know. Uh, there have been so many different people that have reprised the role of, of the Joker, much like, you know, Batman. Um, and, and, you know, as most fans do, we all have our favorites. Um, and, you know, even though, uh, you know, probably catch a lot of heat from you and anybody else uh, to this date, my still favorite Batman or my favorite Joker is still Jack Nicholas or Jack Nicholson. And, uh, 
Why would that catch heat for me? That's a very iconic, he set the bar. I know, but it's kind of the, you know, a lot of people think that. that... I am not going to be like, oh, Heath Ledger. (laughs) You know, he was his great performance, but you got to be able to move the fuck on from it. Well, yeah. And now if you would have said, if you would have said Joaquin Phoenix, I would have told you to get fucked because fuck that movie. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I didn't have a problem with. Joaquin Phoenix's movie, other than the fact that it was the Joker. Well, get fucked. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Well, I mean, other than the fact that it was a movie about the Joker. If it had been a movie about Dan Snyder, viewed with multiple personalities, it would have been a phenomenal story. I just don't see it as a Joker story. I don't like the way they did it. I don't like the way they portrayed the Joker there. And I don't think it really fits the Joker character the way I I think of the Joker character. So that that's really my issue. I think Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. I think he did a good job of being completely deranged and mentally disturbed. I just, for me, it's not the Joker that I like. And so I didn't really care for it. Um, so yeah, for me, Jack Nicholson is, is, is the iconic Joker. Um, but you know, again, I'll, you know, a superhero fan, a Batman fan, you know, I'll, I'll watch the movies and I'm sure I'll enjoy Jared Leto. I don't, there's not, it's not like he's a bad actor and, you know, I watch it thinking, fuck, I really hate this guy. I mean, he, he's a quality actor, you know, as long as the script is written well and the story is well developed, I'm sure, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. I believe Jared Leto, I mean, he won fucking Oscars and they don't, you know, Adam Sandler has never done one of those, I think. <laughs> When you went to ask Oscar at shows, you know, that's obviously, that's like, sometimes they're just kissing your asshole, and, and that's in any business, but there are some actors, I've been, you know, watching Jared Leto do his thing before he was 30 seconds away from Mars, so I know the guy's fucking talented, like, you know, fuck Requiem for a Dream, I'll never watch that movie again, but it got Jared Leto in it, probably has the best performance that Marlon Wayne's ever done in his entire fucking acting career, uh, I think Jared Leto did not get a chance to to do his thing. I liked it. I like it because I've I've read the comics. I know there are different interpretations of the Joker and and whatnot. And every comic book character from artist to artist is going to be different. And that's what it was. And so people with their complaints of oh, hot topic Joker and this and that. It's just like you shut the fuck up. You've been sucking the dick of Heath Ledger, his dead dick, for so fucking long, like. You forget that the last time the Joker was on screen, he didn't look like Heath Ledger. Like, everybody pretends like they were just cool with Heath Ledger being the Joker. When, in fact, everybody was so irritated about the guy from Brokeback Mountain being the Joker and how he would never live up to Nicholson. And then when the movie came out, oh, you know, now it's this thing where he set such a high bar that no one can ever really approach a character. And for me, personally, Batman has got a rich rogues gallery. And it's a point of contention to me, of irritation, that... We can never really get past the Joker. I agree. It's like, come on, how many times do you need a character? I mean, like, come on. Like, there, and, and, and people probably wouldn't know that. You know, Killer Croc was in Suicide Squad, but that's a legit Batman villain. He might be like a B list Batman villain, but that's a legit Batman villain. Sure. And, but no, we've got to fucking, we've got to suck on the teat of the Joker. Always give the Joker especially with the Joaquin Phoenix movie, they totally just, they, they, well, there's a theory that that's not even the real Joker, that that's just an ideal. 
And that so and that's another piece of news actually is that they're they're looking to fuck who is it? Can't remember the actor. It was an interesting, very interesting, but they're they're basically looking to build a a sequel, a list of movies. I guess it'd be an anthology of the Joker, the early character of Joaquin Phoenix, being the idea for the the you know the real Joker. But oh, they they want to cast Jim Carrey as an aging Joker. Huh. It's a piece of rumor that I read, but it's just like I I'm sick. I'm sick to death of the Joker. You know there are, there are better villains out there for the Batman to face off, which leads to my last piece of news in DC Extended Universe, is that they have officially announced that Joe Maganello, if that's how you say his name correctly, is coming back, coming back to play Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Uh, Deathstroke, who I don't know if you stuck around for the end credits of the, the um, theatrical cut of Justice League, the Justice League, but... Uh, Deathstroke shows up at the end of that in the end credits talking Lex Luthor looking like a complete badass so he's coming back for the reshoots of Zack Snyder's original vision for Justice League. Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, uh, back to the Joker stuff, I mean, you know, even if, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't really understand why it's it's the predominant villain that we always see with Batman. I mean, in my opinion, the the Penguin and Riddler are equally as as prominent throughout Batman as Joker is, and then there's plenty of other high quality villains along the way that you could use that you don't have to just keep using the Joker over and over again. And I don't think that personally, I don't care enough about the Joker, and I don't think you're supposed to care enough about the villains that we need a Joker origin story or a Joker, you know, behind the scenes, Joaquin Phoenix two hours showing us why the Joker is the Joker. I don't care. I know he's a deranged psychopath, and that's all I care about. It's it's, it's a Batman story. It's not a Joker story. That movie's a Joker story, but that's not the purpose of Joker, in, in my opinion, in the Batman universe. Um, you know, the universe is Batman's universe, and they're just there, you know. If we're going to hear an origin story, it's going to be Batman's. It's not going to be the villains. I don't care about the villains' origin stories. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm ready for something else, too. And, uh, you know, I yeah, I get a little tired of, of, you know. Again, it's the issue with having so many different people play the same role over and over again. You know, I get tired of just the comparison. Just take it for what it is, and and move on, you know. I mean, Jack was great, and, and in my opinion, he's the best. But Jared Leto's good. Heath was good, and you know, um, they're all good. And I don't, I don't think you have to compare one to the other per se, or or have to decide, you know. Um, but that's the nature of of people, and especially when you get multiple actors playing the same iconic role. But yeah, I mean, I'm ready to see something different. I mean, I know that periodically we get you know, other other villains here and there, but I'm ready to see some sort of a, you know, another villain where it's it's just that villain and and, and a battle with Batman and, you know, not, not a whole bunch of other shit going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely, I think they've, they've um, worn out the Joker-Batman stuff, in my opinion. It's time to move on. Yeah. 
I mean, there is that line in The Dark Knight that's brilliant that where the Joker's at the end of the movie saying, you know, I think we're you and I are destined to do this forever, which is true, you know, especially to the comic book lore. But it's at a detriment to the character development of Batman to always be tangoing with the Joker. Right. I mean, it's got so many other great characters. It's just, it's, it's frustrating to me, especially the best interpretation of the Batman ever committed to any type of screen would have to be the Batman or Batman the Animated Series. Because they got Joker. Joker's the main baddie in there, but they're, they are they highlight a lot of different other villains. Mr. Freeze shines a lot. Mr. Freeze is one that would be cool as fuck to be seen done right on screen. Yeah. That it's just like, it's, it's so confusing, but the Joker is marketable. There are so many women that are so confused and misled and stupid. And, oh, I want to love, like, Joker and Harley Quinn. Like, okay, so you want me to beat you up and slap you around and give you Stockholm Syndrome? Like, that's what you want? Like, that's, you're an idiot. You don't understand what you're asking for. You don't truly get the Joker character if that's what you think it's about. You know, it's just, it's, I think the Joker has reached a point of being at nauseam with uh, popularity. It's, the Joker's almost as popular as Batman. He's not, not to me, but in the, uh, mainstream yeah he's almost reached just as you know you can't say batman or mention batman in the same breath without mentioning the joker totally agree it's just it it would be the same thing as if every spider-man movie revolved around the green goblin be like fuck like i get that the green goblin is spider-man's like number one bad guy really good character but spider-man's got some other great villains in his rogues gallery too yeah, and- like I can't think of any other comic book character. Sorry to cut you off, but I can't think of any other comic book movie where they recycle the same. They're so obsessed with the same. It's almost admitting that you have nothing better to offer. Yeah, and 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 they do. I mean, there's definitely plenty of, of other material out there. And you know, the reality is, is that you know, sure, they're always there. You know, Riddler, Batman, Riddler, Penguin, Joker. Those guys are always there, but they don't have to be battled. And you know. A movie is is a self. Um, it's a small microcosm of what's going on. It's a two-hour snapshot of a particular time or situation that shouldn't encompass, uh, you know, an infinite period of time. And as a result, you know, Batman battles other villains at times when Joker or Penguin or Riddler is off doing something else, you know, and so. It's got to be that you can't just have it be the Batman versus Joker every single time because he fights plenty of other villains and we need to show that, you know, and, and it's a two hour snapshot and you can do that. I mean, it can all take place in one day or two days. It doesn't have to be over months and years. And, you know, that villain comes and goes, but at least you get a different villain in a different situation. You know, it's not just the same retold, retreaded story over and over again. Absolutely. And uh, we've run a little bit over, but I'll add one more quick segment. Uh, I know you've only watched Power, but I the last movie I've watched, I'm actually in the middle of it because I keep getting too stoned and passing out. But it's uh, John Carpenter's The One That Started It All, Halloween, 1978, which looks fucking fantastic on Blu-ray. And it's a it's it's an incredible movie. Like I know you don't really like horror that much, Alan, but I suggest you check this one out. This is 
such a fucking special movie. And it's not the performance of the actor playing Michael Myers or the performance Jamie Curtis as a Stone Cold Fox in this movie. She's still a Stone Cold Fox, in my opinion, to this day. But it's the, the, it's the presence and the acting ability of one Donald Pleasance who brings this fucking movie to life that makes it believable through this man's eyes. It's a fan-fucking-tastic movie, and that's my suggestion. That's what I've been watching currently. I've been kind of on a horror movie kick because of this Halloween, and I, I always miss the, the, the 30 days of scares on Sci-Fi Channel, so I'm trying to recreate that with my own movie collection. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen the original Halloween, but it's been a long, long time. I mean, I saw it probably 25 years ago or 20 years ago, so it's been a long time since I've seen it. I definitely haven't seen it in the new upgraded, you know, Ultra HD or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really do horror movies like that, but it is one of the classics, and Jamie Lee Curtis is great. The movie's, you know, one of the more classic and well-done um horror movies, you know, Halloween type horror movies, um, classic slasher type of films. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there's not much that can be said about it other than the fact that it's a classic. Um, you know, I should probably see it again in ultra, you know, HD and whatever. Um, and, and re- well, I just watch it on regular Blu-ray. I don't need ultra, but it's just, well, like, even on Blu-ray, I yeah. haven't seen it in years either. Right. Probably a decade or something. It's just like, so it, it's almost like a completely brand new movie to me. But you were saying... What I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I should definitely probably check it out again now that it's been, you know, on put on a different medium and is, is more visually appealing. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those terrifying classic horror films that definitely leaves you scared. I mean, Michael Myers is iconic and that movie's iconic. And Jimmy Lee Curtis is definitely a fox and always has been, still is. Even at sixty-five, stone cold as hell. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm. More... And the score for the movie is just iconic. It's God, it's such a good movie. My uh, my thirty-one days of of uh, Halloween or October Halloween. probably safer on the Disney Channel for you, huh? Yeah, it consists more of like Beetlejuice and and Hocus Pocus and and those kind of films as opposed to. Uh, you know, Halloween or <laughs> much more. So only one of us is a pussy on Halloween is what you're right. saying. Right, yeah. Yeah, I watch Ghostbusters and, you know, those kinds of People, I'm watching stuff like The Collector and Alan is watching things like Halloween Town. Absolutely. Hey, Halloween Town's quality. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's crazy for Halloween Town. The first one was good, but, you know, like with any franchise... Uh, it dips in quality throughout the age or throughout time. I've never actually, you know, the Halloween Town two and three don't really hold up to you know. The first one was a, was a special, and then it's kind of like fuck. You're still doing this, okay? Well, let's go. <laughs> it's a free movie, anyway. I've never seen either any of them. I mean, I know what it is because my kids have seen it, but I've never actually watched it. But yeah, I mean, I definitely do those the, the more kind of you know. Not real scary, you know, Halloween type movies. Although I've been watching more horror movies in the last... I mean, I've watched more horror movies in the last five years than I had probably ever in my whole life. So. Yeah, things change with time. That's true. Variety is the spice of life is what some some people say. That is what some people say. 
But anyways, it's been uh, 78 minutes, and we've, you know, according to Mr. Entertainment Beyond, we <laughs> need to stay back to formula. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on a, another longly delayed podcast, you know, COVID reasons and shit. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and I'll probably be dropping a PSA as soon as we figure out what the next episode is or dedicated to. But in the meantime, Alan, as always, it's a pleasure. Same with you. Thank you for having me. As always, it's fun to be here. And I always enjoy doing this. Absolutely. You know what? Actually, maybe we should just do Halloween, the original. Sure. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah, so there you have it, people. No need to do a fucking PSA. Uh, Halloween, the original, the one that started it all, is uh, going to be our next podcast episode will be a Halloween special. We'll try to do that as a Halloween special. We don't, I was going to say, maybe we, we can don't actually get because... it together and do it next Saturday on Halloween. Yeah, that would, be, that would be optimal. That would be a way to celebrate it. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's shoot for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, people. Well, Alan, you, as always, keep it classy. Let's stuff it down with Brown. All right. I'll catch you All later. Right, catch you later.